Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. confirms the word. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mm. Giving honor to my pastor, the Reverend Dr. Classy Preston, for the privilege to stand behind this sacred desk. We have already read the text, and I want to lift up for just a few moments from the sermonic theme. It's all about who you know. Let us pray. Father God, we've sung the songs of Zion, and we have uh, heard the word and we come to hear is their word from you, Father God. I ask you to hide your servant behind the cross so that people will see all of thee and none of me. And let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. It's all about who you know. Knowing the maitre d' will get you into the latest trendy restaurant without a reservation. Knowing the ballpark manager might get you seats behind home plate. Knowing a doctor on the first name basis, Reverend Paula, will let you get an answer to your question on Saturday night about what's going on with you, even though the office is closed. Having the right connections might get you a job interview at your favorite corporation. In this life, it is helpful to know the right people. But the primary person you want to know is the one true and living God, the great I am. There are some benefits, and it's all outlined in the Exodus text, because it's all about who you know. The Israelites have been released from years of bondage. They had been enslaved in Egypt. And they were not just enslaved, they were just beat down. They had to make bricks from straw. I don't know about you, I, I would have trouble putting the bricks, just bricks that are already made up level um, to try to build a fence or, or do something, but they had to make bricks from straw. They had to work all day and all night. They had to serve, and they had been in bondage, but they were praying, and God sent deliverance. Moses came, and this text picks up after all the plagues have happened. Um, even Pharaoh's son had died, and then he finally relents and lets God's people go. And the Israelites are leaving Egypt, and they are headed out. And instead of continuing on and going to Horeb, a place where Mount Horeb, where they could worship God, God intervenes and he gives some instructions. He tells them to go back, to go back and 
camp in the desert. Now, I want you to appreciate, because maybe you don't, you know, I didn't know too much about all this biblical geography and so maybe you don't either y'all might be bible scholars so y'all probably already know but let me just for those of us who needed a little a little challenge basically what god is saying if we're st- we were trying to go out to davis drive to go down the street to escape egypt god says no come back and camp out under the portico now egypt is inside the church and god says go back and camp out under the portico shade. So you, you got me. You, God's telling them to go back and stand still under the portico shade. And I, I'm just trying to make it plain so that you're with me. God tells them to go back and camp out. And the Israelites do what God said. Now the first benefit of knowing God is knowing that he is in control. Ah, control. It can be defined as the power to influence or direct people's behavior or course of events. Last week we had a fire drill at the courthouse and the justice center and it was challenging uh, to get all of those people out of both of those buildings and get them across the street and far away enough so that we would be safe. Uh, We were practicing and the security guards were in control. They were directing, they were telling, they were saying, you go over here and you go over here, don't get on the elevator, you're supposed to walk. So I was feeling for the folks, I'm grateful, my courtroom is on two, amen. <laughs> I didn't have to go all the way up to 12 um, because when we came back, you, you know, the elevators weren't working yet, amen. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> but security was in control and they told the people to come down and leave and some people tried not to leave they made everyone though get out of the building at your job your boss or security is in control right at the house children parents are in control or at least that's the way it should be but that's a sermon for another day (laughs) parents are in control When you are at the courthouse, the judge, amen, (laughs) is in control. Now, the interesting things about all these types of people I listed, folks sometimes do not respond to their authority. You do know that, right? Everybody doesn't respond to authority. Some people ignored the fire drill, and that meant the rest of us had to wait outside a lot longer while security went and found them and told them, no, they really had to go. Sometimes children, I know you can't imagine, uh, don't obey their parents. And there have to be some consequences to remind them who is in charge. In this situation, God is in control. He stepped into nothingness and said, let there be, and there was. He separated night from day and let the the land from the water. Um, He caused the planets to rotate. He is in total control. God is in control. And some of you would want to beg the different with me and say, if God is in control, why do bad things happen? Can't answer that one for reasons that satisfy God, because there's sin in the world. 
uh, because bad things happen sometimes. But it does not mean that God is not in control. So the Israelites were leaving, and God says to them, don't keep going, but circle back and camp. Now, I don't know about you, but if somebody was after me, I probably, you know, I don't run like I used to back in the day. You know, back in the day, I used to play a little ball, and I could run up and down the court pretty good. Um, but now, we don't do too much running. Amen. We might walk pretty fast, uh, but we don't do a whole lot of running because the hip is hurting, and uh, the knee is hurting, and some other stuff is hurting. So we don't do a whole lot of running. So if I was trying to get away from somebody, I surely would not circle around and camp right where they were waiting for them. But that's what God said, do. They leave, and God is in control. Now, God had a plan. God told Moses, and we read it, that I am going to harden the heart. I'm going to make the, Israel, the Egyptians follow behind you. So, see, God had a plan. I'm going to make them follow behind you. And then what did God do? God had Moses raise his hands. We didn't go all the way through it, but he read because it would be too long a text and y'all would, would not suffer it. <laughs> I know. But God had Moses raise his hands and the Israelites went through on dry ground. And then God calls the Egyptians to follow them into the water. Now the Egyptians, the people that have been holding them bondage for many years, follow them into the water. And then just as the Israelites get out, what does God do? He brings the water back over the Egyptians and wipes them out so much that not one of them, not one of them survived. God said the text, I don't know if you appreciated what the text said. The text said you will never see them again. When God takes out your enemy, he takes them out. You will never see them again. You don't have to worry about it. That's why you got to know that God is in control. Then you don't get worked up when you get some instructions, and I'm coming to instructions in a minute, to go turn around and camp here. The person that is in control has it handled. Sometimes you work a job, and I know you get some people at your job who work your nerves. I know. I've been working a long time, since I was 16. And I've had some people that work my nerves at some jobs. And sometimes it is your supervisor who works your nerves at your job, which gives you further pause because they hold your fate in their hand. But maybe you have decided that it's time to leave. But because of the way the paychecks fall, let, let me, y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, some people work and then they get paid and other people uh, get paid and then they work. So depending on how the checks fall, if you leave at the wrong time, you may have a long time before the next check. Now, hopefully you have some savings, help me somebody, that you have been after paying your tithe. I'm, I'm going to help out finance. After paying your tithe, then you paid yourself and put some in savings so it's not an issue. But some of us are, are, are like to be consumers. 
and we consume a lot, including most of our paycheck. And so we don't have anything left after we pay the bills and pay our tithes. I know you paid the tithes first, amen. Pay the tithes and pay the bills. We, we don't have enough, so we can't stretch that gap. And so we're trying to figure out, God, how can I leave? And God says, stay put. And we are not happy with that answer. God, don't you understand what I'm doing? And God says, stay put. But God, I'm trying, I want you to tell me how I can get the money together so that I can leave and get to this. I got a good job off over here, but I got to figure out how to meet the gap. And God says, stay put. God is in control. God knows what the situation is. He knows what's going on. Now check this out. You're trying to leave, and God says, stay put. And then the folk come to you and say, we're going to fire you, but we're going to give you severance. And guess what? The severance is enough to bridge the gap. So it was good that you stayed put. Ah, oh, God has a plan. He is in control. Even when it looks like, God, what? I don't understand what you're doing. Why would you have me stay when they're after me and I want to leave? God said, I'm trying to help you out. God is in control. So it's all about who you know. Secondly, if you're going to benefit by knowing God, you have to follow the manufacturer's instructions. Manufacturer, manufacturer, manufacturer. They, they make stuff, right? Huh? Manufacturer makes stuff. And when we get stuff, I don't know about you, but when I get stuff, I open the box and I dump it out and there's pieces everywhere. And being the uh, industrious person that I am and the take charge person that I am, I want to put it together. But I don't want to follow the manufacturer's instructions. I want to put it together based on what I know. Um, so I want to look and say this nut goes with this bolt and we put this together. And then a little bit later I'm out of pieces because I didn't follow the manufacturer's instructions. Now, we do know that God, which is incidentally why now I don't buy stuff in pieces. I pay them to put it together so I can just take it home whole already. Amen. Got to learn. <laughs> Got to learn. God is the manufacturer of all humanity. You do know that, right? Um, he, he created man in his own image, and then he created woman from the rib of man. So if God created us and put us together, then he probably knows what he's doing. He is the manufacturer. So when the manufacturer sends you some instructions, you should follow the instructions. Ah, the Israelites knew that. They followed his instructions. Even though it didn't make sense that they shouldn't go and flee from the Egyptians, they came and just camped out right where the Egyptians, now they might have been a little uneasy because that would have made me a little uneasy with my enemy right there, the ones who had kept me in slavery for so long. That would have made me a little uneasy, but they followed instructions. If we had time and I could go, uh, go over to uh, 2 Kings, the fifth chapter, we could hear about Naaman, a commander who was a commander of the army, and he had leprosy. And a slave girl told him that what he needed to do was go dip in the Jordan seven times and his leprosy would be gone. 
Now, that didn't make too much sense, the name. And he's a commander, and he gets these instructions to go dip into Jordan, and he wanted to say, but that didn't make any sense. See, that was God. That would be us. God's trying to bless us. God's trying to give us some help. God's trying to deliver us, and he gives some instructions. And because we don't understand the instructions, we don't follow through, and we miss our blessing. I'm trying to help somebody. You need to follow the instructions. So ultimately, Naaman went and dipped in the Jordan, and he was delivered from his leprosy. Follow the instructions. Now, did you follow in the, in it said, after in the text, God gave clear instructions to the children of Israel and to Moses. And actually, really, he gave them to Moses, so the children of Israel didn't hear those instructions. So I'm sure when Moses said, you need to circle back and camp, some of them said, no, I ain't doing that. It's about like, and those of you who were at, been at Pleasant Grove for a while, when we were at the old church, and we were talking about building a new church, and we said we need a new church, we need more space, we need more things, and some people said, hmm, I don't know. I don't know, but we followed instructions, and we got this edifice here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then during 2020, when, every ch when churches were closing, when we weren't even worshiping largely in person, only the, we had to come preach and it's empty. I don't know about y'all, it's hard to preach when the sanctuary is empty. <laughs> it is difficult. Um, sanctuary was empty. We built, before you leave, go over the family. Y'all having lunch over there, I think, in the Family Life Center. We completed that during the pandemic. Hallelujah! Not because we're so good, not because we're so smart, but because we follow instructions. Maybe God says, apply for that job, even though it doesn't look like you are qualified. Maybe God says, put an offer in on the house, even though you got something on your credit. Maybe God says, speak to him or her because he's trying to give you a Holy Ghost hookup and going to give you your spouse you've been praying for and you miss it because you didn't follow instructions. You need to follow the manufacturer's instructions. Now, why would following the manufacturer's instructions be good? Well, they made it. They might know a little bit about it, right? They put it together. They know how it was intended to work. Who is the manufacturer of human beings? And over in Jeremiah, he tells you, I know the plans I have for you. The Lord's plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So if the manufacturer knows all about you 
and he is in control and he has a plan to prosper you and not to harm you, you might want to, yes, follow the instructions and things will go better for you. The third benefit of knowing God is there is no need to be fearful. Now this is a hard one because there are situations in life that make us fearful. I mean, just look in the text. In verse 10 it says, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians, not just sitting beside them, but they are marching, marching behind them, coming after them, an army. They had chariots. They were walking. They had weapons. They are coming after them. So I could imagine they might have been fearful, but not just us, not just the Egyptians, Israelites, but we get fearful, and it's okay. Maybe you're in the doctor's office with your spouse and y'all been trying to have a baby and she's finally pregnant and you're sitting across from the doctor and they give some scary news about what they expect to happen with the baby. You might be terrified. Or maybe you're the only one that works in your house and you get a pink slip that says you're not going to be downsized and you might be terrified about how we're going to pay the bills. Uh, or perhaps you just may have a diagnosis like cancer and you are terrified. Is it my time to leave here? The, the Israelites were terrified because the Egyptians were go coming behind them marching. But terrified and fear is not from God. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So he doesn't want you to be afraid or terrified of anybody. We were in Sunday school the other day, and Reverend Tony, Reverend Rose said, you were out of town. And she said she heard a noise, and it caused her a moment's pause and then I can't say exactly what she said because we're in the sanctuary. Uh, but, she, but she spoke to that demon and said, no, I will not be terrified. And she went on to sleep and slept soundly all night long. That's because Reverend Rose not, wasn't trusting in the security system. I don't even know if they have one. She was trusting in God. She knew who was in control and who had her, and she knows she regularly follows his instructions. So when the enemy came after her, she was not afraid. You don't have to be fearful no matter what's going on. You don't have to be terrified even when you get terrifying news. You can rebuke that and say, I'm going to trust in who I know who I know. I know God to be a strong deliverer. I know God is mighty in battle. I know God is a healer. I know God is a way maker. I know God will take care of me. He's done it before and he can do it again. You don't have to be fearful. Mm. Last week we sang song, I Am from James Fortune, I believe it was. 
and the fear comes from not knowing what's going on. And sometimes you won't know what's going on. There are terrifying situations around. But God is everything we need. God is all that we need. He says, I am. You are, I am. You know, I, can't, I won't sing. That's not my gift. <laughs> not my gift. Maybe a rap, but not a song. Um, I am, you are. God says he will be everything you need. So whatever you need, if you need him to be a warrior, he'll show up as a warrior. If you need him to bring peace, he will show up as peace. If you need some stuff provided, he will be a provider. God will be whatever you need. You will have everything you need if you know God. Everything you need. So when you are in scary situations, you should fight back. By being engaged in worship. What's that mean? Worship, worship, worship. Worship brings us into the presence of God. Why would being in the presence of God be good? Have you ever been, when I was little, I have one sister, and she was older, and we fought amongst ourselves, but anybody from the outside tried to take me out. I distinctly remember being at, I don't know if we were at the park or where we were, but we were on some swings, and this boy pushed me off the swings. April Reese, who is pretty meek and calm, reached back and hit that boy in the middle of his forehead and split his forehead open and blood came gushing out. She was protecting her little sister. That's pretty cool. So don't y'all mess with me. April Reese is upstairs. <laughs> Will God, the creator of the universe, who has all power in his hand, take care of you when somebody comes after you so you don't have to be fearful? What can they do to you? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. When your enemies would come to eat up your flesh, they will stumble and fall. They'll just fall right out. When they're coming after you, they'll fall right out. God will cause water to come over across their head and they'll be buried and you won't have to see them no more. So don't be fearful if you know the great I am. Now, if you don't know the great I am and you're on your own, well, God will be whatever you need. For Daniel, he was a lion tamer. For Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he was a fire dowser. <laughs> For uh, the widow and her son, he was a multiplier and took a little bit of oil and a little bit of meal and they kept eating all during the famine. Whatever you need, God will provide. You need to know the great I am. He will do whatever you need. He'll be a healer. He'll be a promise keeper. He'll be a light in the darkness. He'll be a way maker. He'll be making a way out of no way. Whatever you need, he will do it. Now, the final benefit, I told you I don't preach too long. Amen. The final benefit in the text of knowing God is he will deliver like no one else. The reason you call people that are in the know who have some influence, is because you want them to exert that 
influence on your behalf, right? You want them to, to, to intervene in your situation. Well, God's been intervening from the beginning of time. He stepped into nothingness and created the world. He created man and then he gave breath. He blew and gave breath. He took out everybody when there was so much sin in the world. And then he calls everybody other than Noah and his family and two of every animal. And then he started all over. And when we were in a dying condition, separated from him, God sent his only begotten son to save sinners like us. Hallelujah. He can deliver like none other. So what did he do? The children of Israel were told to circle back and camp. They eventually came up and they're on the Red Sea and the Egyptians are following behind. Looks like, looks bad. Billy would tell you, I always say, don't go by what it looks like. <laughs> go by who you know. Ah, <laughs> go by who you know. And God called Moses to raise his hands and part the Red Sea and they went through and and it's funny, if you read the, read the whole text when you get time. I couldn't do the whole thing, it's too long. Um, read the whole thing. It says that God is, has light on one side of the water for the Israelites, and then there's darkness on the other side for the Egyptians. So he's showing the Israelites how to go, and he's slowing up their enemies so that they can't follow behind them. God can cause, do anything. There is nothing that's impossible for you. Sometimes you say, I don't have the education for that job. There is nothing that is impossible for you. Sometimes you say, I don't have the money for that child to go to college, but there is nothing that is impossible for you. Sometimes the doctor does not give a good report, but there is nothing that is impossible for you. You need to trust the one true and living God who can do anything but fail. Hmm. Bonus. Bonus point. I saw multimedia. I didn't give that one to Paula on Tuesday because I wasn't ready with that bonus point yet. It's all right. <laughs> um, not only will God deliver, he will let your enemy know it is he who did the delivering. Ah, not only is God going to deliver, but he's going to be sure that they know that the reason you were delivered was not a mistake. It was not by accident. It was not just what happened. It's because he delivered you. Look at verse 23. If we looked at verse 23, it says, the Egyptians pursued them and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He jammed the wheels of their chariots so that they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from Israel. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. So even the Egyptians knew that the Lord was fighting. And when they figure out that the Lord is fighting on your behalf, they're going to flee because they can't match God. And they already know that the Lord was fighting on their behalf. And the Egyptians, your enemies, knew it. You know, we're about to get into football. And Pastor Joseph said, you know, Rebel likes football, professional football. 
Um, now the Broncos, amen, going to a game in November, incidentally. <laughs> um, sometimes there's an underdog, the person that's not supposed to win. And what do we find out? You can't go by the stats because on any given day, the other side could win because nobody told them they couldn't win. They, and they know who's on their side for that particular day. Amen. Maybe they have all their players. Um, nobody's on injured reserve or whatever else has happened. But God is on your side all the time if you know him. And with God on your side, who could be against you? Ah, so that boss that's giving you what for, making your life miserable, don't worry about it. God can deliver like no one else. Chemo and radiation happening, I know it doesn't feel good, but don't worry about it. God can deliver like nowhere else. More month than money, God can deliver like no one else. And that when the end comes, I don't know when your end is, and I don't know when mine end is, but I'm confident of this one thing. When my end comes, God can deliver like no one else. And I'm going to be somewhere around the throne room. Death is not going to keep me in the grave. God can deliver like no one else. It's all about who you know. If you are ready to give your life to Jesus Christ, we invite you to pray this prayer with us. And it says, Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner and there is nothing that I can do to save myself. I ask for your forgiveness. And you can do this if you are streaming. At this moment, I believe you alone are the one who bore my sins when you died on the cross and rose from the dead. Today, I turn from my sinful life and invite you into my heart. I will trust you and follow you all of the days of my life. Thank you for saving me and hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, Come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-cary.org. Thank you again.